Well, after 12 months and 365 daily readings, our remarkable journey through the Bible is drawing to a close. And so does the year 2020, thank God. Next Sunday, we will celebrate the end of the Bible Project 2020, and you'll want to definitely join us for that celebration. In a particular panel of the popular comic strip Dennis the Menace, Dennis and his family were walking out of church one Sunday, and as they were doing so, they passed the preacher in the greeting line. Dennis then said to the minister, I guess that was a good sermon, Pastor, because when you finally finished, my dad said, Hallelujah. Well, that may be what you are saying at the end of 2020. Hallelujah. Thank God that's over. But maybe there's a different way for us to say hallelujah today. One that exclaims, Hallelujah. God has seen me through. It's fitting that we end the year 2020 with the book of Revelation, not just because this year has felt like a great tribulation, but because Revelation, by its design, invites us to look back and look ahead, which is what we need to do over the next few days. Many people over the years have viewed Revelation solely as a book that looks ahead, as a, as a future predictor of what will happen at the end of time. But that is not the way most Christians throughout history have viewed Revelation. In fact, that interpretation only began about 100 years ago by a man named John Nelson Darby and, and a group of people called the Dispensationalists. And they would use the book of Revelation to try to predict the exact date of the second coming of Jesus. Here's a newsflash those predictions were wrong. Actually, for most of Christian history, the book of Revelation has been useful at looking back, back to the struggles of the early Christian church and the time when John first recorded his vision on the island of Patmos. For it was in the first century that the early Christians were suffering through a a real tribulation in real time in the form of a horrifying and widespread persecution. So, John's vision, with, with all of its bizarre imagery and, and unusual terminology, was written as a kind of secret code language to encourage those Christians to keep the faith and maintain courage in the face of that terrible persecution. So, as much as Revelation may point to the future and remind us of the past, its real value to us at the close of this year is to discover how to live fully in the present with courage and hope and resilience to take things one day at a time. And, and rather than be fixated on a, a literal interpretation of Revelation, trying to figure out what the various symbols mean and how they'll predict the future, we can affirm that the real gift of revelation is in the power of imagination and the ability to envision a future filled with hope and then gain the courage to live into that future right now. Here's a personal example, one that I've shared before. Several years ago, I was going through a particularly difficult time in my life. I was feeling very lost and confused. 
and I, I wasn't able to find really any sense of hope. I remember a conversation with my therapist at the time, and she led me in an exercise that to this day I have not forgotten. She first invited me to think of a period in my life, in my childhood, when I was going through a particularly difficult time, a hurtful memory, a bad day, a wound from the past. I thought about being bullied in school when I was six years old. So she invited me to remember as much as I could the emotional pain and suffering that I felt back then when I was just a little boy. My therapist then invited me to look at an empty chair sitting right in front of me. She asked me to imagine that that sitting in that chair was that very same six-year-old version of me having just gone through that traumatic experience. So I did. I pictured young McGray sitting there, that very bashful, insecure kid with the, the funny bowl haircut, the quiet demeanor, a far cry from the utterly charming person that he is today. She then invited me to speak to young McGray and tell him what I would have wanted him to know about his life in the years ahead following that bullying episode, to tell him whatever I thought he needed to hear, to encourage him, and tell him that things were going to be okay. So I did, aloud. I told young McGray, you know what? The bullying is not only going to stop, but, but things are actually going to get better. I told him about everything that would happen over the next 40 years of his life, how, how he would eventually become a popular kid in school, eventually become valedictorian in high school and get into a good college. I told him, I said, look, it won't always be easy. Young McGray, you'll, you'll get rejected by 11 medical schools, but you know what? You will wind up doing exactly what you're called to do in your life. You're going to be a minister. You're not going to believe the things that you'll get to see and the people you'll get to meet and the churches you'll get to serve, and you're going to have a family. You're going to have two beautiful daughters, and you know, not everything about your marriage is going to be easy, and there's going to be other hardships, but, but I tell you what, there will come a time, McGray, when you're not really going to even think about those school bullies anymore. I finished that exercise, still picturing Minnie McGray in that chair and still troubled by the, by the suffering that I was experiencing in that very moment. So the therapist led me to part two of that exercise. She said, okay, McGray, Now I want you to imagine someone else in that chair. I want you to imagine McGray 30 years from now. McGray in his 70s. That was not a comforting sight, let me tell you. Future McGray has even less hair than he does now. He has more wrinkles and gravity has really taken over. But it was good to imagine that I might even still be around 30 years from now. So then my therapist said to me, okay, this time... I don't want you to speak a word to that person in the chair. I want you to listen. I want you to imagine what future McGray might be telling you about what it's going to be like in the years ahead and and what is in your future, just like you told young McGray. So I did. I leaned in and I listened hard. 
And I could hear future McGray telling me much of what I was saying to young McGray, words of encouragement, words of hope, no promises that everything was going to be okay, but a promise that God would give me enough to make it through. Listening to future McGray was not just imaginative, it, it was real. And it was enough to get me through that hardship in life. There was something about seeing and hearing a vision from the future that was enough to buoy my burdened spirit with a sense of hope. Maybe that therapeutic exercise would be helpful for you to do today. It certainly was helpful for me at the time. And, and I have repeated that exercise on occasion since. More importantly, I think this reveals to us the power of the book of Revelation. I think of all the ways that we might interpret the book as a predictor of the future or a historical depiction of the past, the real power of this book for us today is that it speaks to us from the future as God envisions for us a kind of future that can give us just enough strength, just enough hope, just enough courage for the present moment. For it occurs to me that, that we actually have something as Christians that is even better even more powerful than listening to some imagined version of ourselves. We have something better than a future self telling us that it's going to be okay. In fact, we have the voice of God speaking to us in very real terms right now. And that God says to us that in Christ, our future is secure. Revelation is not meant to scare us or confuse us, but to give us a vision of the future that reminds us that we can have hope today amid our suffering. So now, imagine that empty chair with God in it, speaking to you these words of Revelation, telling you that in Christ, because of God's power and might, there are brighter days ahead for you. Listen to God tell you in verse 1 of today's scripture reading, I see a new reality for you, as the former realities of your suffering will have passed away. Listen to God tell you in verse 3, I see a time when you, beloved child, will experience me as very close to you, dwelling with you, because you are mine. Listen to God telling you in verse 4, I see a time coming when those tears in your eyes will be wiped away and all the parts of your life that feel like death will be no more. And all that mourning and all that crying and all that pain will pass away as if you were turning a page into a new chapter of your life. Listen to God tell you in verse 5, I am making all things new. And you can bank on it because these words are trustworthy and true. That is what God is saying to you right now. I know it may be hard to hear, let alone believe, just like it's hard to imagine a future version of yourself speaking to you from a chair. But this is why Revelation was written, so that you can read for yourself the promises that God is making to you. It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. 
To the thirsty I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. Those who conquer will inherit these things, and I will be their God, and you will be my child. And then God says, listen, I am making all things new. May God make all things new in you throughout this year to come. Hallelujah. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the gift of endurance to make it through the hardest times, for giving us just enough to live one day at a time. Help us to hear the encouragement that you would have for us to face the future unafraid. Thank you for making all things new and for your words, which are trustworthy and true. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen.